Welcome back, everybody, to episode 114 of That Tattoo Show. I am one of your hosts, Paul. And I am your other host, Chris. I'm also known as Paul DeSeecher, Purple Andy Preacher, and I really am the Purple Andy Preacher today. I had an argument with a bin bag uh, when I was cleaning the studio today, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, you might, if you've watched the show since the beginning, be wondering why I'm doing the intro, because traditionally Chris does this introduction section because yes. Chris takes us through the news and the comments, and then I normally pick up in the main topic section. Uh, Long story short, Chris has got a lot going on in his life at the moment and because he's my mate and I believe in helping my mates wherever I can, I said to him, I'll take over with the news and the comments until uh, your particular, uh, you know, particular problems in your life have gone away. Uh, fair warning, uh, that means that I'm doing the news and the comments, <laughs> so the news may not uh, always seem like it's tattoo-related, okay. but just like my column in total, shout-out to our sponsors, Total Tattoo and Electrum. And Electrum. Uh, if you read my column in total, you'll see that I do tend to start with uh, a premise and then tie it into the world of tattooing as I go along. So bear with me in the news. It will make sense by the middle or hopefully at least the end of the show. Um, and I know that... We, we talked a little bit about this off cam camera. Um, I wasn't um, going to initially sort of throw over to Chris to talk about the stuff that he's got going on in his life, but because actually filming the show, a little bit like how we started this show, was to help ourselves and our mental health during the pandemic lockdowns. That's how this show came about, if you're one of the many, many people joining us this week, last week, you know. Um, and so... Uh, over to you, mate. Uh, Chris yeah. is a bit more comfortable talking about it than I think <laughs> yeah, I yeah, would yeah. be. So I got two bits of news, actually. I got a bit of sad news. And I want to preface this by saying, don't worry about putting comments down below and being like, oh, I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. It is what it is. But uh, long story short, mum got diagnosed with cancer in December. We've been dealing with that. And most recently, she's, we've found out she's got lung cancer. So I the reason why I haven't been doing the news is because I'm like back and forth hospital. But she's currently scheduled in to have an operation in the next few weeks to... Remove part of her lung, which hopefully means that the lung cancer's gone and we can go back to treating the other one. So, yeah, that's why, that's why we need to say I got shit going on in my life. But, you know, trying to stay positive. Don't worry about being like, oh, I'm sorry. It is what it is. We, we just fucking you know, handle it as a family and so on. But I wanted, like, I don't know, I just felt like I wanted to have a bit of transparency because it kind of sounds a bit weird when you're going like, oh, yeah, I've got shit going on. I've got shit going on. And then you do get messages going like, oh, is everything okay, mate? So I'd rather just yeah. be like, yeah. Cancer sucks, man. It is what it is. Yeah. Like I've had a quite. It's mad. I mean, in, in the space of like since October, like three of my family members have had it, and a few of my mates and mates' parents have had it. It's fucking nuts. Um, but let's obviously fuck that off now. Done and dusted. Um, good news. I've got a special announcement for Paul. Oh yeah. I have been chatting with people behind the scenes over the past few months. And I think it's appropriate to say that moving forward, we as a channel are going to be working alongside Eternal Link. Yes, to yeah, I'm bring very you excited guys. about that. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be bringing... So I think initially the, the conversation started because we've got 10,000 well, 10, subscribers is like the next milestone. And I wanted to do something special for you guys. So, so far, I've got a... Bishop Power Wand that I'm going to be putting into a bundle. Ooh. I've also got some disposable grips because for all you unclean people. When <laughs> 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 uh, joking. Um, but like I'm trying to kind of like score loads of different things because I want to do like a really fucking cool big bundle. And it, it's probably going to be like one lucky person is going to probably end up getting like maybe two tattoo machines and some other bits and bobs. And one of those was a discussion that I had with Eternal Inc. Um, and they are extremely happy to be on board supporting us as a channel. And they will be helping us with doing some giveaways for you guys. But initially, we're going to be adding to that. Uh, and part of that as well is um, apparently me and Paul are on the Eternal Pro team. So, you know. Thank you, Eternal. That's... Uh, that's um... That's a big honour. Thank you very much. I've used yeah. their, you know, I didn't expect used their that. Ink I, from, honestly, the from the beginning. Really supplemented most of the ink brands that I've um, well, worked with. Do you, do you know all right now that they've actually got? So I've been trying out their new black, right? Pitch black. I've always been like, I hate Eternal Black, and I think like now that they've got a black that I can actually use, I, I'm, I'm like fucking sound. 
But um, but Max yeah. Black has always been the best one. I that, love the Max Black. It's pitch great. Black, I like it. But anyway, so that that's the good news. So basically, share share us, tell everybody about us, subscribe, and when we hit ten thousand subscribers, one lucky motherfucker is going to be getting an epic fucking prize, a little hamper of gifts from us to you. Bit of negative, bit of I was just thinking of uh, going, if we get to 10,000 subscribers, we'll present the show naked, but we definitely wouldn't get to 10,000 subscribers then. <laughs> <laughs> also, what do you think about right. that? So, with that, listen, like we're, uh, well, plant. yeah, we've all both got a bit of foliage this week. Uh, so, with that, it's time for the tattoo news proper. Here's the news. You know what you got to do? Paul! <laughs> You've got to do it. You, if you're going to take over the news, you've got to do it. Paul. What? No. you got to say it, man. Oh, you got to say it. it. you got to make me do it. Paul. Yo, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what's, in the, what's in the news? Well, listen, mate. So this is my, um, my first go at doing the news section because, like I said, Chris traditionally does this and, uh, and just it, it started because I don't really follow tattoo news uh, because I do it for a job. So, um, so Chris would kind of keep me up to date with what was going on in the world of tattooing. So I thought for the first week, because this is going to be off topic here and there because it's me and the news, right? Uh, the first thing I would tell you about is a very uh, special record has just been set in your home country. It's been going on for three years um, and there's been many, many failed attempts. It, the culmination of this event has seen two teams racing to be the first people to cross Wales on foot in a straight line. Such a, dude, that's <laughs> fucking mental. Do people have such mad challenges these days, isn't it? It's brilliant. Like, it's fuck. brilliant. So um, I love this stuff. I think during the pandemic, I've I attempted to complete YouTube, right? And <laughs> when you watch a lot of it, you do start getting into the bottom third of it and you start finding these amazing channels of just normal people trying to do these incredible things, not for likes or subscribes or for money or for medals or anything. They're just doing it because they fucking think they can and they have a crack at it. So I started watching a channel called Geo Wizard. I think the, the lad's name is Tommy and I've got a feeling he's from Birmingham because, or certainly from the Midlands because his accent sounds pretty similar to mine. I'm not yeah. sure where he's from, but I think it's Midlands. So him and a mate of his... Uh, decided that they would draw a straight line across Wales and attempt to get from the English border to the sea in a straight line. They did... That's mental. <laughs> I mean, this involves like, so going through you, farms, no, no. over hills, mountains, through people's yeah, back yeah. gardens. I mean, it, like, Wait, no, not even that. Like, so, so like, like I, I explained this to Paul. Paul's telling me this. I'm just like, what part of Wales did you go through? Because, like, if you go through the Brecon Beacons, like, <laughs> that's where, like, the SAS train, there's military bases. It's, it's like one part near the Brecon Beacons, right, is literally a live firing range where they fire <laughs> tanks. You know, it, it, it's just, like, you got to be some kind of a special person to kind of do that like it's like la, la, la. Ooh, it's a, guns and I'm going to put some of this footage up that we're using without permission hence why there was a fair use disclaimer on the front of this episode uh, we haven't asked permission for this but is this is as you know I think it falls under the fair use policy and I'm sure neither of these channels will mind us talking about their amazing achievements so I watched uh, Geo Wizard uh, and on the first three attempts, I think it was his, his brother or his cousin that went with him. Now, this is a thing that takes three days. So they have to camp in the wild in Wales and pick up supplies along the way as they go and wild yeah, yeah, camp, yeah. right? Um, it's kind of like what that Lily did, isn't it? Like when they... Yeah, running around, yeah. yeah. But yeah, this yeah. is, you know, you're crossing somebody's property, you know, you're climbing over a fence and walking through their back garden because your line happens to go through it. Now, because the rules of this are... 
that you can't deviate from the line by more than 25 oh. metres. You've got... That's it. Oh, right. I was going to say, so what happens if you hit, like, a fucking brick wall? So if, you, like, if, you, if you're more than 25 metres, you fail. Under 25 metres, you get a gold score. But under, I think, 15 metres or something like that, you get a platinum score. So the tighter you can stay to the line, the better your score. So... They had three attempts. Now they've they've done straight line missions in you know um, Icelandic countries, you know the the you know and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Oh, and so they've done this. They've done it loads in of different countries. Loads of different countries. They did one in America and all sorts of stuff. But Wales has become their nemesis, right? Three failed attempts to get across Wales for various reasons, right? Yeah. So obviously this channel has inspired another set of uh, of people trying to do a straight line challenge. So they. They contact Geo, Geo Wizard and say, "We, as you've been doing this, we want to give you the opportunity to do it first, but fair warning, we're doing it in th- four weeks' time and we're going for it and we reckon we can do it. So he's got a real time crunch and now the pressure's on. You've got to do it, right? So, um, and, you know, I, I don't want to spoil it for you, so spoiler alert, on the fourth attempt, bless him, he's made it across in a straight line. Not easily. He's had to climb up and down mountains and all sorts, right? But he's managed to get there. I just there. laugh, right? <laughs> it's, gone like, it's, I don't want to spoil it for you, but this is what happens in the end. This is what happens in the end, sorry. You know... Um, do you like that? You like that guy, right? Remember uh, the Bedell and Skinner show when the Sixth Sense was out and they were like talking about it, and some guy in the audience was like, "Oh yeah, he was a ghost all along, ruining yeah, an entire ruined film it, right? for a nation." Like, so. Now, I've, I watched all three of these episodes because uh, I think it's a three-part series on YouTube. Go and find it. It'll be linked in the description. I'll link to the channel so you can go and watch it. It's fascinating. Um, and he's managed to get across, but he got a gold score because he did have to deviate more than about 20 metres, I think. So, because, uh, you know, he's drawn a straight line across Wales and he, he's getting to sections where it's just a cliff. <laughs> it's just a fucking straight drop. He's like, how am I going to get down here? Like, he's got no abseiling gear or anything like this. Um, but, you know, he manages to get across, gets to the, you know, gets to the beach and he's managed to do it. He's the first person to cross Wales in a straight line. I think it took him three days to do it in the end. So he's had to camp a couple of evenings. But his challengers, who are younger to say, you know, probably in their mid-twenties, I would say, um, they start their run, right? Now, they've got a couple of support vehicles and they're going to try and do it. And uh, they set out and immediately get accosted by an angry farmer. Angry, angry Welsh farmers are like regular farmers on steroids, right? These guys chase you off the land in ATVs and everything. Um, and so it looks like it's an absolute bust, like they're not going to make it, right? It's done, they're finished. Until one of them says... Let's go back to the start point. I'll run it. <laughs> so he's not going to walk it. This lad is going to he's going to do two marathons, <laughs> you know, and through forests and and bra- you know you know brambles and you know all kinds of stuff. And bugger me if he doesn't run it in two days. He, he basically. Oh, I mean, I couldn't believe this. That's this... like that fucking guy. <laughs> Do you see that guy who ran Everest? He no, ran I mean, it's, it's, Mount it's, Everest. Like. It's just a maddest thing. He just he puts on like what can only be described as a pair of running leggings and just sets off running across Wales in a straight line with I think like a bar of chocolate and a bottle of water. You know, and I'm like, fucking hell. And he managed to do it. Now, he was the second person to get across, so he doesn't get the, I did it first, but he was the first person to get across, not only the first person to run it, but also he got a platinum score as well. So verified. So he's the first person to get a platinum score as well. And He's he's, like running past the farmer going, (laughs) fuck, go away. (laughs) Amazing. Go and watch it, Straight Line Missioning. Um, It's one of my, you know, favourite things to watch on YouTube. They don't really need... They don't really need to watch it because you've told them everything. Well, they did. They did some other ones. So watch, watch them instead. If you, uh, if you, if you need the suspense, then you need the suspense. Um, and so that's my first news item. In my second news item, and this is go- we're not going to get out of the news in this episode, by the way, because I think the the final news it's item it's going to be all to do with the news. Uh, in this next news item, it's not going to seem like it's going to connect to anything but it's going to connect to the next thing that we're going to be talking about. So just bear with me for a second here. So 
I went to see Post Malone the other night um, uh, for the first time. Uh, it's also the first time that I've ever seen a, a live gig that wasn't a straight-up guitar band, you know, like two guitarists, bass, drums, back of the hall, playing music like that, like any kind of traditional rock music would be played. Um, so I wasn't sure what I was going to, um, you know, what I was going to see. Now, also, yeah. over the last few years, there's been a lot of people in the music community talking about how rock is dead, it's become irrelevant, you know, it keeps harking back to the 80s. If you look at Download this year, and for the last few years, most of the headline bands are people older than me. Yeah. Now, so, which is worrying for a music form that, you know, is it, it, that essentially looks like, at the moment, like it's dying because there's no young bands coming up to replace the old bands. And the only bands that are doing anything really even interesting with the format are people that were big in the 80s. And I think there are, like, a couple of bands, but they really... like I, I think, like, a lot of the new music that's coming out is, like, really... In rock is quite... It's obscure. like it's like photocopies like, it's like, of photocopies. It's like copy of a copy of a copy. It, you know, a yeah. new band sounds exactly like an old band from the seventies or the eighties, um, and there's and it's starting to look like a bit of a a cliche, especially when you start seeing rock bands added to the Eurovision Song Contest almost for the comedy value of rock music now. And I think it's just. What's happened with rock music is it's it's allowed itself to stagnate and not move forward. Uh, yeah. And if you know what I'm about to start talking about, because you'll have seen the thumbnail, you know where I'm going to go with this, that any, <laughs> any art form that allows itself to sit still and stagnate and not look at a way of representing this uh, is it potentially in a lot of trouble. So when I was watching Post Malone, this is one guy on a stage with a, with a video screen behind him um, can, in, in this venue. Now, the things that you notice is that technically it's not done like a rock gig. Like the lighting rig, for instance, was not lighting the band. It was lighting the audience. So the where I was watching it was, um, it's the Resorts World Arena. It used to be called the NEC. It's one of the, the big venues in the UK. Um, it, it looked like a massive nightclub with a with a sort of Grammys type performance. They got live video mixing going on, you know, with titles coming up, but they're shooting they're shooting live, cutting live between the live shots, mixing live shots from the stage with video yeah. graphics and everything. Like really, really exciting show to watch, given that there's only one guy on stage. They've got the production with bombs and flames and lights and you know, yeah. all that sort of stuff. And I'm sat there going, you know, no wonder rock music is so irrelevant. It's like the audience has moved on. The audience wants something new and they want a different presentation. This was unlike anything I've ever seen. It was like being in a massive nightclub watching somebody perform. The audio production was great. The video production was great. And I, and I just thought the closest I've ever seen a band do this, come anywhere near it, was Linkin Park. But who had stuff going on like that. But that's because they're half hip-hop and half rock or half electronic yeah. music. New so, metal in here. New metal. You know, that kind of new metal thing. But I don't see any of the modern cropper bands doing it. Even the bands with big budgets are not doing any kind of production that looks like this. They're still sticking to the accepted 70s, 70s, 80s format of rock and roll. You know, do you know what I mean? And I think it really needs to move right, on. That I only, again, I only know of them because I ended up tattooing them. And that's how I met my mate Julie and the photographer who's got some of your artwork in his office. Um, right, one band that I think is like that, I mean, they put on such a sh fucking amazing show. I mean, I'm guessing in Japan, the shows are a lot bigger, but in the UK, even on a small stage, small venue, the shows are just fucking insane. Um, is that, it's CrossFaith. Fucking epic. And they, they, they are like... Electronic. Well, so, for instance, I'll go and take a look at Crossfade stuff. And, and, like, if you think, if you're watching this and you go, Paul, you're full of shit, there's loads of great bands out there doing all this kind of stuff, you know, it's, it's not new. Because it's, it's entirely possible that, because this is the first time I've ever seen it, there might be loads of bands doing this. I might be com completely wrong. Perfectly happy to be completely wrong. Do me a favour. If there's something worth me taking a look at that's, you know, rock and roll related, uh, stick it in the comments down below while you're there. It, like and subscribe and all that. And, and, and I'll happily go and, you know, go and check these bands out because for my money, I, 
I would say to anybody that said to me, rock and roll is dead, I would go, no, but to be honest with you, rock and roll don't play guitars anymore. Like the old, that old 70s or 80s format of rock music is, it's history. And what bands should be doing is looking at the way these guys are presenting music and presenting live shows and like learning a trick or two from this. I think Do you that, mean like, so more like a performance than a... Yeah, I just think rock, just like I just think rock bands have, have just, haven't reacted to the modern world. They're still trying to make albums and release them on Spotify, whereas you've got the electronic acts are releasing one song or two songs at a time. The release schedule, they're releasing a new song every couple of months. Rock bands are still expect, expecting people to wait for three years for the next album and the next album. And I just think those days have gone. You know, the, the audiences want something else now. They want to consume music in a different way. And when your audience changes what they want and they want to consume the media in a different way, you have to change the business model. And that's not always the easiest thing because when you change the business model and how you work, then you have to start thinking about working differently. And that brings us round to this week's topic. Everything we're about to say, we're not here to rubbish anybody. We're not here to throw shade on anyone. We haven't taken Russ Abbott's course, which you're going to talk about, so we cannot comment on it because it would not be fair to him. Um, we're not going to throw shade on the person who's unhappy with the tattooist, and we're certainly not going to throw shade on the tattooist. We're here simply to talk about the, the way that the business model could be changed, how this mistake comes about, and maybe things that could be done differently but still achieve I think the how people ends. react to it as well. How, like we're going to talk about how we react to it as a community because we're not an industry, we're a community um, and all of that. Ooh, Chris. I like uh, that, I like that. We are, you know, we're a community. The industry is the people that sell shit to us. We're a community of artists and we should start yeah, behaving so like a community. community and enthusiasts instead of industries and collectors. Exactly, hey. right? So, so let's, we brought let's that around there. <laughs> See how we did that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, We've been planning this for months. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, uh, for the benefit of uh, me, because I caught up with it this morning, uh, what's going on with this tattoo gate thing, mate? So basically, you know, like, you, if you're a tattooist, you, you, if, if, you, if you have access to the internet, you fucking know what's going on. But basically, long story short, uh, it looks like uh, a, a lady has approached a tattooist in Canada inquired about getting a tattoo and the tattooist has kind of gone like oh yes well i have these different collaborative uh, options and i think like uh, i'm not i don't know if i'm gonna be bang on but i think she was like option number one is you get like a it's one thousand five hundred dollars you get a drawing with one amendment you you got like say three thousand dollars or something like that you get a, another couple of amendments and then you got like say like five or six thousand dollars and you get a print or you get a painting or canvas or some bollocks like that so it looks like this person has gone into detail, shared images showing what they want the tattoo to look like. And that artist has essentially gone away, taken $1,500 off this person, plus $1,000 deposit for the tattoo. And I'm sure they do like $150 or $180 uh, like a consult consultation for you as well. So taken all that money off the person and has drawn what I can only describe as something to the standard of what my five-year-old daughter can draw. Yep. And yep. it doesn't meet the brief. Now, obviously, as anybody would, that person was unhappy. Uh, they shared their concerns with that artist. That artist was kind of turning around and going, well, you know, you're wrong I think you know they, they kind of I feel like they were gaslighting them a little bit and you know I don't like to use that word but I feel like they were the artist was gaslighting the client and then turned around and kind of said okay well if you want what I can do is I can redraw it but it's going to cost you another couple of grand and you know rightfully they've they've been upset and they've kicked off and um, because they haven't felt that their voice has been heard by that artist and treated well they've then created a TikTok video yep. which has gone viral and and uh, it's obviously snowballed from there and yep. what's then transpired is that person has done a course or a seminar that Russ has put on and obviously they've they've taken what he's been what he's taught them and maybe uh gone a little bit too far with it or not matched it to their skill level 
But you know, like I I seen a post where they were commenting on like on, on a, a particular post on his Instagram or the yeah what's the what's this thing he's called the the, the lift off thing whatever that was yeah launchpad he's got launchpad launchpad that's the one uh, and they were like oh yeah I made like seventeen thousand dollars this month alone yeah just doing designs and I was just like I read that I was just like are they all to the same standard of acts that's fucking wild. So yeah, yeah, it's it's obviously it's got mixed reviews, um, and we, this is where we are. There's a, I, I've got my opinion on a lot of aspects of it. Paul's got his pin, his opinion on it, and um, yeah, that, in a nutshell, that's what's happened. Like it's just it's just gone fucking viral. Okay, Russ, so I will say though, in, in hang on, in before we go for in Russ's in Russ's defence, he has made a comment on it. Like I I actually messaged him and I said like yeah. have you fucking seen this? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm I'm gonna, you know, make an make an announcement about it. And he's offered to reimburse that person. Which I think is a nice thing to do. It's a very gentlemanly like, thing to do. I mean, I, I've, I've, you know, me and Russ have met a couple of times when I've been out in the States and he's always come across to me as a very professional, very, very nice guy. Yeah, it seems like a nice person. A uh, very personable guy. Um, I don't think he's a dick or anything like that. I think he's got dragged into this because I think Russ, like myself, um, is trying to uh, find ways of responding to changes to the industry and make it um, a more sustainable business model for modern day tattooists. But before I get into modern day tattooing, um, to give you some context, because I'm aware that you know a bunch of you uh, are, are younger <clears throat> and, and you know and getting into tattooing and maybe don't know kind of the history of tattooing. So I just wanted to outline why this is important and why people like me uh, believe that it's important. Right. So if you go back to the early 1900s. You know, just just around the time when I was born. The good old days. Yeah. Um, tattoo artists would um, w- would work in travelling carnivals and, you know, sideshows and stuff like that. So the, in those sideshows, if you've got the bearded lady or the trumpet playing gorilla and you want to attract people to your, um, to your attraction, you, they would paint pictures of this outside and they, this was referred to as flash. When tattoo artists started working these travelling carnivals and stuff like that, they just did the same and adopted the name Tattoo Flash for their work, right? So you would see designs, um, you know, outside this store. Oh, yeah, I like the I like the rose. I'll I'll go and get that, and you would pop in get your tattoo. Fast forward, you know, a few years, and the tattooists are now working in you know tattoo shops and parlours and things like that, and and they've continued the tradition of drawing designs, putting them on the walls for sale, um, and you know, and then a culture of uh, making tattoo flash and selling it and swapping it, you know, trading it with other tattooists became a thing. So, you know, up until maybe, I think maybe the 70s or 80s, I, I mean, I don't know when, when it would have changed, but certainly up till then, the tattoo clients... Uh, their experience of buying tattoos would be, I want to get a tattoo, go to your local shop or parlour, walk in, look at thousands and thousands of completely finished drawings of tattoo ideas that you could have and would go, yep, I'll have the rose or the little kid with the boxing gloves and stuff like that. And the the tattooists of the day um, would... Uh, take that they'd have a line drawing of it you know ready you know that the tattooist would would make uh they would and they prided themselves on being really good at doing all of the flash in the shop they were master craftsmen that's what they did i'm a craftsman any one of these pieces of artwork that's on the wall i can make a beautiful rendition of it and tattooing was seen as the premise of craftspeople and you know and they were master craftsmen uh, and they would make this stuff now the thing is in in this process, just well, just what? just let me finish this section. I'll let you jump in. Yeah, yeah. In this process, the client would walk in and would be charged for tattooing because the designs on the wall would be repeated as many times as people wanted to buy them. So, if you bought a sheet of flash for a hundred bucks, and you do three, you you tattoo, you know, the panther that's on it ten times you've made a ton of money out of it. You don't need to yeah. charge for, for artwork because you're not making any artwork. You've got a reference image, it's on the wall. You've got the line drawing that's been supplied with the flash because they always used to come with the coloured version and the line drawing version. And uh, so there was never any need 
to charge for artwork. And because these are craftspeople and who identify themselves as craftspeople, they would charge for their craft and not for the artwork because that was being bought in or supplied yeah. to them. Um, and that's where we find ourselves. I th- I'd like to say at least by the mid 70s this is still going on i mean it's still going on yeah, today I, I but was, i was gonna say like you know even back then when you look at like the likes of like ed hardy and earlier uh they were they were doing custom tattoos but it was more of uh they had the skill set of doing say for example somebody comes in and wants roses rather than taking flash they were so skilled at what they could do and the way they were tattooed back then that you know some of these guys would just sit you in the chair, not even draw, and just fucking tattoo straight on the skin. So I think that the idea of custom work was still applicable back then. I think so. I mean, I, I, the pricing I, I, I'll system. I'll stand corrected with this because I don't. I, my, you know, when that started, I'm not aware of. So I'm, I'm just sort of guessing as when. It Ironically, happens, right. Ironically, and this is what I found really interesting. I watched a, I watched the DVD a, a, a few years ago, um, and watching an old what we would class as an old school tattooer talking to what they would class as an old school tattooer. But that old school tattooer, I think it was a documentary and Ed Hardy was in it, and you got like this old school guy is kind of going, "Ah, you lot with all your new school stuff." So it's and I just made me smile because I was like, back then. American traditional is what we yeah. class as now yeah. was class as new school. Yeah, it would be classed as new school artwork. You know, it all changes with the time. So that's where we where we found ourselves. We had a really good business model, worked great, client walks in, gets a tattoo, done by somebody who can do any kind of tattooing, good craftsman. And, you know, the, the, these are people that are, you know, their, um, their skill set is their stock and trade, you know, how good you are at putting lines in, good smooth shading, stays in, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, now, you fast forward to, you know, the 90s, at least the 90s, and for many different factors, the internet being one of them, TV shows being another, and just generally client taste changing, by the time you get to the modern era of tattooing, certainly where we are now, Almost every single design is custom drawn for each client. Yeah. And it's a one-off. It's never repeated. It's made for that client to the brief. Now, in any other creative world, question. this hang on, hang on. In in any other creative world, this is called a commission. So this what we're what we're doing now as tattooists or tattoo artists, depending on what you you know you want to call yourself, tattoo people, tattoo people, whatever whatever you like. I don't mind what you call yourself. It's whatever just terminology. You um, what we're doing now is we are doing every day commission after commission after commission. Now the problem is that this is like I was saying about the Post Malone thing and Rock. This is the audience re- taste and requirements of what we do has changed. They want something different. They're not interested because the, the main downside of Flash is that you could be stood there going, "Yeah, I'll have the little boy with the boxing gloves just there, mate." You know, and the bloke in the queue behind oh. you goes, "Yeah, I'll have it all." And you're like, "It takes no, no, the no, shine no, off it." You know right. what I mean? Ah, no, no. So check this out. Like when I first started getting tattooed, right? I went. We had like a proper old school tattoo shop, like all Flash, and I think I like that one. Is it? Yeah, that that geisha there, right? You yeah, know that one. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I went down there, and I was like. I was just like, uh, he's like, so what do you want to do to fill that gap? I was like, I don't know, stick something on, like, you know, I, I, you know something that fits in, if, even whatever you think. So he stuck that on there, right? And I, that night, I went back to, like, my mate's house who we having a beer, and I was like, oh, I got a new tattoo today, check it out. And my mate was like, fuck you, yeah, same one. <laughs> he's got the same one. Yeah, so, same one, just different fucking, uh, I think, like, maybe, like, different coloured things in the hair, like. And I so, fucking laughed my head off. We need to change... The business model. So before you're shouting at the screen, um, every time before, before we go any further, there, can, I, can yeah, I just yeah. say though, like, do, do do you not think though that like before you go into the whole changing of the business model, right? Do you think that and I, this is how I, I look at it is like as tattooing has progressed and as we've gone down that kind of like custom artwork. Artists have the, the have you noticed like the price of tattooing has gone up. So I yes. think what's naturally happened is artists have gone well. I'm working in the nighttime drawing, blah blah blah. So yeah. that's going to be represented in in my pricing. And that's well, that's why kind of what been, I was going to say is that yeah. bef- before we move into the changes to the industry and the changes to the business model, um, 
any working artist will tell you that the way things work now is that you tattoo from, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning until 6 p.m., you go home, uh, you're lucky if you get a sandwich or a bite to eat, and then you sit there till God knows early hours of the morning drawing tomorrow's artwork. And that's every artist around the world, day in, day out, day in, day out. Now, the problem with that is it's it's unsustainable as a an art as as a business model. You, yeah. you, you you're left with a couple of options. Um, you either just go, well, that's the way it is. It's my job. I only get paid to tattoo. There are some people that believe that. There are other people that go, okay, well, the client won't pay for anything called artwork. So what I'll do is I'll just put my hourly rate up to reflect the fact that, you know, for every hour of tattooing, there's an hour of drawing. So I'm going to double my rate. So, and I'm going to hide it in there. Um, but yeah. the, the problem then with that is that, there's always a dive down the road that'll do it for 30 quid. And if you're charging double the rate of the average street shop, you look expensive because you're charging cost, you know, for custom work. And so recently there's been a number of people, myself included, that has gone, wouldn't it be better to have a much more transparent system where instead of saying that artwork is free, because I genuinely believe that anything that's free has got no value, and I don't think you can have a, a custom tattoo without the artwork being made. Like, I would happily tomorrow go back to having flash on the walls and everybody just come in and have that. But the thing is, clients don't want that. They want me to make an individual piece of artwork brand new for every single client. And... So what I prefer to do is to find a different way of charging them and be transparent. And a lot of people agree, a lot of people disagree venomously that this is because, you know, the, the so you have to excuse me, I'm reading some notes off my phone here and it keeps switching itself off, the uncooperative bastard that it is. Um, a lot of people, you know, I think we as a community, we, we disagree with each other about whether we're artists or craftsmen, men and women yeah. or craftspeople or whatever. Um, and that becomes two different ideologies of like whether you fall down on this. You know, craftspeople won't, don't want to charge for art because, you know, it's nonsense and it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's just what it is. Artists or people like myself that have come from other creative backgrounds go, well, when I worked as a graphic designer, I was charged for every hour I work. Right, so if I'm sitting at the computer, I'm getting paid. It's just, if I'm coming yeah. out and doing a consultation for your new logo design, I'm getting paid. Right, so um, and I would my argument's always been, well, okay, you designed the tattoo, and then I'll I'll just tattoo it on if you only want to pay me for tattooing. They go, well, but I want your artwork. I'm like, yeah, so you got to pay for it then, didn't you? You know what I mean? Do you think though that that that's very similar to you know if I want to take like another trade for example, so like my my dad's a builder, and you know like if if he wanted to work. He had to go out, measure up, price jobs up, consult with the clients, but he wouldn't get paid for that. Do you know what I mean? But so it's, I think built, that's in, it's ta- built into the final price, yeah, isn't yeah, it? No, it's kind of allowed so in. Like, yeah. Tattooing, tattooing is has always been classed as a trade as well as an art form, and I really think it's like it's bec- it's become more of an art form in the last say twenty years. And, uh, and you still got, but you still got. But I do think that, that as a community. Um, as a community, anything different, we we tend to use it as a stick to beat somebody with. So if you know if the average rate for a tattooist is five hundred pound, and somebody starts charging a thousand pound, everybody's online going, "I can't believe they charge all this money! It's fucking ridiculous!" And they go, "Well, all they're doing is building the cost of their artwork into it now, because yeah. different artists, like if you're a portrait artist." Like, there's not a lot of pre-drawing needs to be done. It's like, send me the picture you want, I'll make a stencil of it, see you on Tuesday, you know what I mean? And it's as simple as that. But if you're putting together completely custom work in Photoshop or if you're drawing it, like I was looking at, you know, I've got a really good mate, um, Mitch Allender, not Sneaky Mitch, and I was thinking, how many fucking hours must he spend drawing, you know? And, And his day rate is not extortionate at all. You know, it's very, very reasonable. But he must be spending hours and hours drawing. Now I'm I'm quite lucky. Well, that's to, where the passion for that specific style then. There was absolutely. Like, I mean, like, I th- but I think it becomes it becomes a point where you go, you know, can I can I tattoo five days a week, six days a week, or can I tattoo three days a week because I'm going to spend at least two days a week drawing? Now, can you can you wear not getting paid two days a week? And some people can, and some people unfortunately can't. They go, look, it's 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 quite. I need to earn that money. And so 
and because the, the audience has changed and they don't want, you know, off the wall flash tattoos, they all want custom stuff. There's a million tattooists in every town now, so they've got so much choice they can go anywhere else. It's become incredibly competitive um, and it's very difficult to stay on, you know, stay on top of the game here. Do you know what I mean? So it's it leads to, a, you know, like a, a really difficult position for a lot of tattooists to go, look, I spend you know, 50, 60 hours a week tattooing and I spend 50 or 60 hours a week drawing that I don't get paid for, I'd really like to get paid. So where I think this has arisen, I think, um, and, you know, forgive me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm, you know, putting two and two together, I might be getting five, but I think Ross has seen this, seen this happening in other creative industries, industries like graphic design that I come from, and I was a graphic designer for, for over 30 years now, um, where everything is billable, right? So, you know, every bit of work that I do is billable and has and put on a seminar suggesting this to tattooists. And I, because I, I don't know the, the content of the seminar, I'm not going to comment on it, but I would imagine that he's, he's laid something out and gone, this is an option for how to get paid for doing your work and getting yeah. to the point where... Okay, the client is happy. They've got a custom piece of work, and they've paid uh, a, a a fee for that work, and then they sit down and pay a fee for tattooing. Um, I think the the tattooist in question has maybe taken that, maybe misunderstood fucking it, hop, maybe skip and jumped over the well, fucking yeah. Uh... Maybe, maybe they've misunderstood it. Maybe they've overegged the pudding, as we say, and maybe gone well. I, you know, I'll charge what I can. I think it's important to say that in, in, in an open free market like we've got in the Western world, uh, you are allowed to charge whatever you can get for your product. Like what you charge for the day and what I charge for the day is none of each other's business. If I want to charge a million oh, no, no, pound no, an no, hour, totally that's my business. If I can get a million pound an hour, then I, I should be allowed to charge it. Whereas the online brigade of people with their burning crosses and everything would be would be there I can't believe you're getting away with this this is disgusting well it's like it's not if I can get it then I you know I'm allowed to do that it's my own business right and if people are prepared to pay for it then that's up to them it's like why does a white t-shirt from Primark cost eight quid but the same white t-shirt from Kanye West costs 800 quid I don't know if those are the prices you know yeah. You're paying no, for but, like, so the, but this is the thing, though, right? So this is this is the thing. Like, I don't think this would have gone as viral and people would have kicked off as much as they have if that person's skill set and their pricing were on the same level. It's like they are charging somebody for like an extravagant fucking birthday cake and just getting a cupcake from. Tesco's like doing and and it's like you're not you you're charging the the world like what you said it's like you're charging somebody for a Ferrari or a Lamborghini but you're giving them a Ford Focus like giving them a Ford Focus right so if you get like so that would always be my warning would be if you're doing you know if you're selling Ford Focuses don't put them at Lamborghini prices be aware of where you are in your skill set um, we all like to think that we're the greatest fucking artist on on earth but it's very unlikely that any of us are right so. Um, oh, yeah. Be aware like, of who oh, you are. Man. You know, be be aware. It's even like it, it does. It grips my shit as well, right? Because I think there's a level of people in tattooing now, like and like I think this only happens across the pond. The pricing is fucking insane. Like I understand it's, the thing places, is, Chris. What you got to remember, it's only know, it's no. only insane to us in the UK where the prices are very different. Because, like, it, well, you've, no, it, you've only got to look at the price the price of a pint in Iceland versus the price of a pint in my local booze. No, I was, yeah, no, I was it, about to get that onto that. I, know, I, was, to I was about I was about to get onto that. I was about I was about to get onto that. The whole idea of like, yes, the cost of living in certain places is a lot more. But at the same time, it's still got to be relative to your skill set. So even if you take the drawing aside, right, like the level of, and I'm not, yeah, I am fucking having a picture about it. Uh, that person's skill level as a tattooist is not at the level that they should be charging that much, not only to draw the designs, but to execute the tattoos. Like I've had a look at the person's work and like, I would I'd say this with, I'd say this with them and I'd say this with all, all the respect in the world, right? 
there are tattooists in the UK that are classed as some of the best in the UK that do better quality work than this person does and they don't charge nowhere near. And if that person was working in their studio, they wouldn't be a working or a senior artist. They would possibly be a junior artist. They, they're not at that level. But on the and other side of that, in a, in a free market system, if they can get that money, regardless of, of oh, where yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody can, else thinks their skill set is, because art is subjective, and what you think is not so good, I might think they're the best artist I've ever seen, right? It's too, it could be completely different. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm they're talking perfectly about the technical allowed, ability as a tattoo. They're like, perfectly allowed mm. to, to charge whatever they, the market dictates that they can get, right? Um, now, where I, where I do think things have fallen apart for this particular artist is they've run into the the worst case scenario for any of us. So they've done the consultation, the clients chatted to them via Zoom, has showed them what they want, they've put together the initial design, which in all fairness, they're being judged on a really rough concept sketch, right? No, but that was it. That, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, like they they done that was it. That's what fifteen hundred well, we dollars gets we you. We don't know that had the because the what's happened is the client. This is where it's worst case scenario. The client hates the concept to first case. Now it, it might be that they that they were intended to finish that drawing and render it and make it. Oh no, that, that was it. No, no, that was that, that. That's why people are kicking off. Like if you look at the videos, that was it. She That's paid fifteen hundred dollars, and this is what you get. And if you want to fucking make, if you want me to, if you don't like it because I haven't fucking listened to you, then you got to pay like another couple of grand. That's where the problem lies. It's like you haven't provided the service for what you're charging that so much I, money for. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that, but I, I, I still fail for the artist in a, in a way that because you know, you know, it's as you know, we've both been in this situation before now. You send the client over the artwork, you think it's brilliant, you think you've answered the brief, and they come back and go, "Nah, I don't like it." You go, "Which bit don't you like?" They go, "All of it," and it's like a proper back to the drawing board. That's worst case scenario for every commission when you go, yeah, "Oh and man!" And it happens now quite a lot of the time when. I find myself in that situation occasionally. I always schedule another Zoom call, have another conversation. Uh, the first thing that I put on the table with every client is, look, so we can have, um, you know, like a human conversation here. I'm going to put this on the table. If you've decided that I might not be the artist for you, I will return any fees you've paid me up to this point, you know. So, but they wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, that. but that's you know, and for me, that, that that, that's what I, I always do. That when I'm you no, know, if I because it's rare that I run into that problem, but it does happen to everybody. But I like to put that on the table at the beginning of the second Zoom call of like, look, if we can't find a resolution, um, I'm I'm perfectly happy to return your deposit, and we'll go no harm, no foul. It didn't work out. It turned out I couldn't quite come up with an idea that suited you. Um, sorry about that. It is what it is. Like I don't keep that money, right? It's that's that, because I don't. I personally don't like to do that. Now, some people go, well, it's part of my terms and conditions, and that's that's the way it is. You should have thought about your brief more. I think personally, that feels a little bit harsh to me. I think I would have. Oh no, it is harsh. It, especially when like you you show them two examples of what you want and how you want the title to be positioned and they come back with something completely different. But and again, it's just like, it, like we don't know... Not listening. We don't know the conversation that was had between no, the artist the and the client. She shared, it's all well, shared in emails. We're going to be putting some of that stuff up. One of the things I wanted to make really clear, uh, because I said at the beginning, we're not throwing shade on anybody, and the, the, the client who's unhappy, she made a TikTok <laughs> and... Um, at no point in that does she rubbish the tattooist. She she talks about being disappointed. She didn't even mention the no. yeah. She didn't even mention the artist. Like she's been really she's really really up. you know pretty kind about that stuff. Just saying she's really disappointed. I feel for her that she's out out of pocket by, you know, like I think it's like twenty six hundred bucks by the end, you know. And I'm like, fuck yeah, it's a it lot of money to not like have a, a design. Of people, doesn't it? It does. It makes our industry look like it's full of a bunch of out there scamming people and ripping people off. And she may not have gone in with any intent to scam anybody. She may be a young artist that thinks like, oh my God, I've got another way where I can make money and I'm going to do this. And she yeah. may think in herself that what she's doing is right. But the way it's presented to the public and the, the, the arena of public opinion, yep. everybody sees that as somebody who scammed someone else out of like two and a half grand. All right, so I'd, I'd like to pick up on that, makes us look like a, 
you know, unprofessional people. You know, a lot of artists in this industry, me included, have, have worked really hard, you know, during their career to be as professional as possible and to make this industry appear as professional as possible. But one of the things that I was disappointed about, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed, was as funny as they are, because I've got to be honest, the tattoo memes that I've seen of this have made me oh, smile. They um, are being funny. And there's some comedy genius in that. Um, unfortunately, turning my Instagram on the other day and looking through this um, and seeing all these memes coming up, uh, it does, you know, that does make us look like a bunch of unprofessional idiots. It, it looks like the chimp's tea party. As funny but as it just- is, guys, but like it does... <laughs> And the other thing I wanted that I wanted to touch on with that is, um, if any of you have, have ever, for any reason, found yourself at the you know with the with the internet mob at your digital doorstep with their burning crosses and and all of that, um, being on the end of this kind of abuse is not nice for anybody. Now, if none of us really know the full story. This person no. might have got really excited about this idea of being able to charge, has, has gone a bit far with it, has, has maybe implemented it a little bit too harshly. Now that, you know, everybody's um, applying malice, like this has been done on purpose. But this could just be somebody who's a little ignorant to where their skill level is, what they should be charging, what the rest of the world is charging, what is acceptable, yeah. what maybe as a community we don't think is acceptable. But, you know, I, I noticed, you know, you go and try and look at the profile, the profile's been made, uh, private now you know that's the whole you know I'm getting a load of shit so let's round the wagons shut the doors and pull the but curtains they, down do, and, do you think that yeah, and I just feel bad for that person like, being dragged through the mud like that you know and I feel bad for Ross because he's been dragged through yeah. the mud with it you know what I mean so and he's not necessarily to blame with the with, with the whole that person put in their page private and everything like if you stand by what you've done and you know in your heart that you haven't done anything wrong i i think you shouldn't be going private i think you should fucking tell everyone to go fuck themselves but i think going private and and deleting you know it does show some well, see, sort of admission of that's guilt. that's reminded me of something i want i wanted to uh to talk about was where I think one of the mistakes in this has uh, has come about, and it and it might be because they feel a little bit like, oh, I, I don't feel right about it. I know it's a bit sketchy. Um, the the client when they're talking, they said they paid their fee for booking and consultation, and weren't told about the pricing structure until they were in the consultation. Oh, yeah, that's now. Now, if you go onto my website, because I don't take commissions anymore, I certainly not for the foreseeable future. I sell artwork for sale. So I do charge for artwork. I think it's about to become incredibly unpopular. <laughs> you know? So I might not have any work next year because everybody, like if this carries on, but we'll have another tattoo gate next week. So, you know, because it's fucking tattooing. So everybody would have moved on. What I, I, I'm very careful to make everything at the at every stage very, very clear of what you're paying for, what's going to happen, and what you get. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know and I think transparency is key. If you're if you're not being transparent, you have to ask yourself the question: Did you just not realise you needed to be transparent, or are you not being transparent because you think if you tell them in advance, they won't book in with you? Ooh, now, I think if you're doing thing. that, that's if that's a bit iffy. That's naughty then. I'm not saying that this person did that, but it's, it could certainly be seen that way. Like, it's a bit like going in, you you know, if I'm selling you a car and you say, so how much is that car? I go, I'll tell you when you put your deposit down. Yeah. Like when you're already, like yeah. you're already a couple of hundred dollars in, now I'll tell you how much I charge and how I bill this. I, I, I feel like, like at the point when the client is ready to engage, they should have all the information about what's coming up in the process. Do you know what it's like I, transparency, you know? It's it's like it's like somebody coming in to get like you know I like to make sure my clients have a nice comfortable environment. I've got TV, I got like yep. all the different streaming services and so on. Uh, but it, it's the equivalent of like me going, okay, mate, yeah, you're t- Paul, yeah, you're gonna put in for a tattoo, so the tattoo's gonna cost you this much. And then when you come into my room, I go, okay, so if you want to sit on my really nice fancy tattoo bed, that's gonna cost you uh, five pound an hour. Um, or you can just sit on this shitty little stool for free. Uh, if you want to watch. Um, 
Disney Plus or whatever else other streaming services are available, then you know if you want to watch that, it's going to cost you X Y Z. Yeah. If you want me to, do you mean it's like it's it's like additional sneaky little charges that you know yeah. you should be upfront with at the beginning. I it's, think so. It's again a bit, and that's but like one side of it. Like if if we take if we take it away, like one thing that really I thought was quite annoying, and uh, maybe one of the, and it might be a sign of the way things are now and the way things are going with social media, which I absolutely think is pretty shit. Is Yes, this person has done something that we see is wrong, but what people have then done off the back of that is they've owned is a virtual signal. They've done. They've just basically gone online. They've made all these memes. They've made all these fucking posts. They've made all these comments. Somebody went online and was like, "Oh, I'm gonna fucking. I've spoken to my sponsors and we're gonna fly them out and do their tattoo for free." Like. None of you are doing that because you're a nice person. You're doing it because you know, right, that you will get fucking likes and you will get followers and you will get attention and you're using a situation like this. Like, we're doing it right now. Do you know what I mean? We're literally doing it. We're talking about it because it's 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 news, but we're not fucking doing it in a way as a clickbait thing. Yeah. Um, but you, you people are saying, like, that person's not doing that title for free out of the goodness of their heart, that is a um, a publicity stunt for their sponsors who are likely going to be the ones who are funding it yep. to fly them out. And it's going to be like, whatever the fucking company is, is fucking going to make a video and that's like really good for them. So other people and other companies are capitalising on this person. And I think that's really shit. Where what they should have done is if they wanted to be genuinely nice people, they should have just reached out to her privately and gone, hiya, um, my name is Dave. I, if you want, happily to, I can see what, what, what's happened is really shit. Happy to fly you out. I will sort that, sort that out for you for a charge. Come down. But people are doing it because they want to be seen as like, it's like the whole thing with the, with the tattoo ink, like saviors of the tattoo industry, the first people to come out with reach compliant things. Now it's like, we are the saviors of tattoo gate. We are going to fucking, you know, we are going to do this just so we get the glory. It's no different, right? Then you know where you see all these videos where people are going up to like homeless people on the streets, giving them money. And it's like, you're only doing it because some fucking filming you doing it. Why don't you just go and give them the fucking money? Why can't you just be a nice person without doing it for social media? And I, I mean, I think this is one of those situations possibly where we have to look at ourselves as a community and go, are we doing each other harm here by, by, by attacking each other at every... Now, I know we're all essentially in competition with each other, but for God's sake, I mean, can't we, you know, can't we all just get along? Can't we just get along? Do you know what I mean? Just because the annoying. bloke down the road charges a bit more than you, you use that as a marketing statement. It's like, we're cheaper, we're this, we're that, we're the other. And it's like, we're better, we're this. And we've always done it. But now we've, you know, now we've got the advent of the internet. It's, it, it becomes hysterical very, very quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not in the funny way. You know, it's just like loads of people jumping up and down, screaming and shouting. And I think this is one of the reasons why people don't see us as professional artists all the time because we don't behave like professionals. Do you know what I mean? I've got one for you. I've got one for you, man, right? So obviously, you know, taking into consideration all that shit's happened, all these people are making memes, they, 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 they're taking the piss out of this person. Like from a legal standpoint, like where, where do they stand? Can that artist then turn around and say, all these tattooists that made memes about me has caused such a detrimental effect to my business that I've had to shut my business down and I've lost my business. So from yep. a legal standpoint, I would think that every single person that has fucking slagged them off online, done this, 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 and this, no, they could have uh, legal action taken against them for, no, I'm not necessarily libus, but lo- loss of earnings. Defamation of character. Defamation of character. And then you've got the other side where like that tattooist flip shades. He's basically taken that sketch, done a drawing or done a tattoo of it with like a fucking sticker saying like $1,500. No, so from a, from a legal standpoint there, obviously... That sketch is protected under copyright. So he's copyright. So that artist can then turn around and go, right, well, you've, number one, you, yeah, you've breached copyright. You're using my artwork, right, for your own financial gain. And this, uh, for example, this is. 
and to define me, and to yeah. de- and to define so, me so as well. Fl- so flip you know. sheets. So there's there's all kinds of legal ramifications regardless of whether or not like that person was wrong in what they did. They could turn on and sue that flip shades for, for, for defamation of character, for copyright infringement or, or breach of copyright. It, it's, it's exactly like, do the Kat Von D thing. Like, Kat yeah. Von D is in court because, not because she did the tattoo, but because she put the picture in the background. But if she didn't put the picture in the background, you wouldn't have known. Like, you could take that flip shades tattoo and go, that is a fucking trace of my fucking design. And... So I think from a legal standpoint... I'm sure this comment will have many of you triggered down below. Uh, get down in the comments and let us know your thoughts on this. You know, um, me and Chris have got lots of thoughts on it, as you've heard, for about the last 40 minutes. Um, I'm not certain if this is the way to go forward. Uh, I'm, I do think the tattoo industry needs a new business model. We need to start looking fucking, at that. Do you know what tattoo um, needs to do? What? The tattoo industry right, needs to give his fucking head a wobble. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'll, you know, should we, you know, should we all be doing artwork for free? Should we be, you know, should we get and be, be getting paid every hour that we work? Should we be getting paid only for the hours that we tattoo, but charge ridiculous fees for them? Uh, should we be all beating each other up online and, and uh, making ourselves look like a bunch Just of fucking idiots? Uh, let us know in the comments down below. I'd, I'd like to, you yeah. know, I'd like to hear your thoughts but, on this one because I can see so two sides of this story, to be honest with you. Doing, doing the, being your friend, doing the podcast with you, learning a lot in regards to marketing and shit like that, and looking at the the whole, you know, making sure that you're getting paid fairly and the client gets a fair deal on their tattoos. Like, I've, I don't know if I've told you about this, I feel like my kind of like halfway, kind of like what I feel comfortable doing yeah. with is like, I will turn on to a client now and say, give me a brief, I'll go home, I will draw this for you. And then what we'll do is on the day of your appointment, we'll take a look at it, we'll sit down, and if you want to make any changes there, we will make the changes on the day of your appointment. Yeah. That way, I'm not like... Because it does happen. You end up working till like 2 in the morning because people change their yeah. mind. And and sometimes a lot of it is down to, you know, miscommunication. And it, it, it genuinely, I think, it is a lot better sometimes to have that person, you know, in with you, sitting there, so I feel like that's for me, for, and this is my, my personal way of doing it, it's just like, yeah. I'll do the design based on your brief, I'll show it to you on the day, we'll sit down, we'll have a look at it, and I'll be honest with you, like, once or twice I've had to kind of sit down with them and, and change a few things, but yeah. when we've done that together, the, the experience of it for the client, they end up walking away with a tattoo that they're much happier with, and you're not left working till stupid o'clock in the morning on it's designs all about and being doing like backlog business. In a humanistic way, you know, yeah, like, give them a couple it's okay to get paid, um, but think about the humans involved. You know, you want to have a good time tattooing, they want to have a good time tattooing. Um, you can't separate it into this very sort of sterile artist client thing. It's always two, it's, you know, all tattoos are about two human beings sitting in a space for the first time and last time ever in history that's ever going to happen because you're never going to repeat that event uh, and making it something and making a beautiful piece of yeah. artwork. And keeping that in mind, um, and getting paid to do it because it's okay to be, to get paid, you know, uh, it, it's it's all right, you know. And uh, but we all get to choose. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on this one because yeah. you know, I'd I'd love to hear what other tattooists think. You know, be, um, obviously the the internet mob that is Instagram has had its say and has um, kind of ripped this person to pieces. I, I think a little unfairly, without knowing the full facts. They've also done the same to Ross, which I think is again unfair because they don't know the full yeah. facts. Um, and they've used it as a, a stick to beat TV. somebody with with a different business model. All they're trying to do is find a way to be an artist in a modern tattoo business where clients don't want flash anymore. That That's ultimately what we're all trying to do at the moment is figure out how can I do constant commissions all the way through my career and not burn out. Because that's the other thing is, you, you know, if you've got to do this 120 hours a week of drawing and tattooing, you're going to burn out pretty quick, you know? Like, yeah. tell, let do us know think, down below um, what you think. Do, do, do you think as well, there's part of jealousy, like, sorry to piss everyone off, like, but they, I think there's like a, an air of jealousy where you know, artists are kind of going like, oh, I can't believe, like, I am thought of that first or something like that. I've just seen like... Just I'm going to be like, honest I've with seen... you, and this I know this is going to annoy a bunch of you out there, and I'm sorry about that, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think 99% of all these comments are born out of jealousy. Yeah. 
And I think 99% of the, the bad comments that you see from one tattooist to another, most of them are born out of jealousy. Most of them are, um, you know, people that, that would like to be in that position. And when that person stumbles, they use that, right, now's my chance to just beat yeah. them to death with yeah, a, yeah, a yeah. stick. It's like a but pack do, of do wolves really hitting the person, though? you know what I mean? Do, do, do you know what's really fucked up? Is like, I, I seen a post, I think it was this morning, where somebody was slagging Russ off. Like, and like, again, from my dealings with Russ, he's a really nice guy. He's been nothing but polite to me. And I, I obviously treat everyone with face value. If you're nice to me, happy days. If you're polite, if you're a twat, you're a twat. But like, they put up a post which was like quite derogatory towards him. But I know that that artist charges fucking extortionate amounts of money for their tattoos. And I just think like, how can you fucking charge that much for your tattoos that are, you know, just regular fucking standard tattoos? Slag someone off like that. But then at the same time, have like all these posts about like mental health and like, you know, oh yeah, I'm working on my mental health. And it's just like, you're working on your mental health, but you're being a same time and you're affecting someone else's mental health people stones and glass houses you know so anyway this has been that this week's episode uh i hope that this has been food for thought for you i hope you haven't uh smashed your television throwing throwing coffee cups at us uh, because you don't agree with us i hope you're not too triggered uh we've tried to we keep this we love it pretty well triggered. metered we you it. know so that we <laughs> Uh, I don't I don't want you to feel like that on a Sunday morning um, you know but let us know your thoughts um, in the comments down below I'd like to hear you know particularly I know there are a few graphic designers out there and a few musicians out there um, you know the pricing structure I think we need to have a conversation with it as a community not as an industry about what do we think the best way of doing this is and maybe set up some working practices that we all agree on if we can all agree yeah. on fucking anything and with that this has been That Tattoo Show I've been Paul I have been Chris tell the lawyer tell the judge tell the priest tell the fucking internet mob to leave people alone and calm the fuck down and we'll see yeah. you next week <laughs> take care guys <laughs> And let us know what you think of the audio. We're trying out new microphones. Is it any good? Don't give a fuck about microphones. Like, you know, it's only us give a shit about that. They're just fucking microphones. Like, People let us know if you think the audio sounds better. We'll see you next week, guys. Take care. Yeah, I've always been money, like. Try.